Thank you for tuning in to the Rose Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and this is the show about being an athlete and life after sports. In this episode with Courtney Emanuel, me and her talk about softball. We were both softball players, and we both graduated college in 2018. We were both drafted in the NPF draft that year, and we talk about when she was healing from MRSA that year, um, her decision to retire softball and not not to continue her professional career, and then her decision to move on to a career of sports counseling. But before we get into it, I wanted to talk about what Rose Metal is and how you can support us. Rose Metal is a nonprofit with a mission to provide resources and support to current and former athletes. And one good way that you can support us is by sharing the show. So you can listen to the show. We have interviews of athletes such as this one, or in other episodes, we might be talking about random topics that have to do with being an athlete. So if you enjoy the show, please send it on to your friends and family. Another way you can support us is by going to our store. We do have merchandise. Um, All of the profits go towards our mission. You can make a donation on our website. You can share your story on a podcast. Uh, Reach out to us. Our email is info at rosemetalfoundation.org. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Rose Metal Foundation and Twitter at Rose Metal Org. Our website is rosemetalfoundation.org. Um, okay, thank you for listening and let's get into the show. Welcome to the Rose Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and this is the podcast about being an athlete and the life after sports. Um, so today we have a special guest. I'm going to do a little bit of an intro about her first before we say hello, but um, her name is Courtney. Courtney Emanuel played softball for the Georgia Bulldogs. She is a devout Christian, a realtor, a coach, and a student at Houston Christian University. She is studying to become a counselor for student-athletes and will complete her degree in the summer of 2024. In her spare time, she enjoys spending time with her family, being outdoors, and learning all things health. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Hey, thank you, Emily, for having me on. We're just going to jump right into it with my first question. So you were drafted with the NPF, but opted out of playing that season. What Mm -hmm. were the challenges you faced that affected your decision to retire playing softball? So um, I finished in 2018. So that 2018 season um, was extremely rough for me personally. Um, My grandma was sick. She had moved in with my parents. Um, and then season went good. I had a good season. Well, when, uh, we got to the world series, continue playing. Uh, when we got to the world se- series, I had a strawberry on my butt and, um, thought it was just a regular scratch. But when we got to Oklahoma, um, I ended up having to go to the emergency room, the, not the first day we got there, but the following day, come to find out it was MRSA. And so during the World Series tournament, um, I was having to undergo two different procedures every single day while on like a heavy, heavy antibiotic. Um, And my essentially I had six holes that were an inch deep in my leg and they were stuffed with gauze and I had to wrap them up to play. And I remember that first game we were playing against Florida and the trainers told me not to steal and I stole anyways. Um, and it was very painful. And I remember just, um, just after going through that, that was probably the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Um, it took two weeks to heal and I should have probably been hospitalized 
Uh, most people who have MRSA, they are hospitalized or they have to go undergo surgery if they're if it gets into their bloodstream. And at that point, I just felt like my body was breaking down. Like mentally, I just wanted to be home and close to my family because I'm from Houston, but played in Georgia. So at that time, I was just like, you know what? I want to see who I am outside of softball and see kind of what my skills and what my gifts are. Um, so at that time, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to retire. And so um, I decided, I think it was a little, I think they had to know, I don't know, within a couple of weeks. And I remember just saying like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it at that point. Yeah. And you have to make the decision to be drafted like well before the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I was drafted that same year. So my coach was like, okay, I need a yes or a no. And I was like, yes. So that I remember that being early in the season mm-hmm. and then things change really quickly. Yes. I can't believe you had to play on that. Yeah, it was, it was probably the most painful experience I've ever had. And then I did it without numbing. So they had like at the World Series, there's uh, like the training room and there was probably, there was a trainer in there and probably like four or five other people, other trainers and doctors and health professionals just like overseeing it. And um, they had to literally like hold me down and they were taking and like cleaning it out, those holes out. And at that time, we didn't know it was MRSA. We didn't know it was MRSA until I left the World Series tournament. Um, so they were just treating it aggressively and they were taking, it felt like a needle, but they were taking um, alcohol and a Q-tip and digging it in there and squeezing the the bacteria out of me. Oh. And so when they were doing that, this my skin around it was dying. So my skin was like black. Like it wasn't even a bruise. Like my whole back of my leg was black. I couldn't walk. It was miserable. But the the doctors that were there, um, the doctor that put me on that medication the very first day, he essentially probably saved my leg because um, he had treated it so aggressively. So MRSA is resistant to most antibiotics. And for mine, it was caught early enough and they put me on a strong enough medicine to where they didn't have to do surgery or anything else. It ended up healing it has to heal from the inside out, which is why I had those holes opened. It couldn't close. Um, so do you think you got it from like the dirt in the field or like how did it turn into MRSA? Honestly, you have no clue. We played Tennessee that previous week and I slid there and they had just put some conditioner on the field. So my dad talking to him, he thinks it came from came from like the conditioner on the field, just, you know, um, the chemicals and whatever. But I honestly think it just came from me. You know, after you get a strawberry, you get in the shower and it's like, I don't want to put soap on it because it's going to burn like hell. Well, I ended up getting in the shower and I just rinsed it off. And I took like the clear second bandaid thing, second skin, and I put it over it and I just left it for a couple of days because it was so painful. It was the same cut reopening, you know, every single weekend. And so I really just think it came from me not keeping up with it because I didn't want to feel the pain and it backfired yeah okay my situation is not as as like intense as that but when I was 15 I was messing around with my friends and I was doing like really fast step ups and I slammed my shin into a park bench Mm. and my skin split open from that Mm. and 
I remember thinking that I broke my leg and I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty tough. So I don't know how I didn't break it, but there was like a little bit of a bone, bone bruise, but my skin split open and I just like, didn't keep up with cleaning it very well. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, like, uh, I just don't really feel like cleaning this every two seconds. And mm-hmm. it turned into something really, really infected. And I, I, I feel like it turned into like a small case of staff or something mm-hmm. because there's still a divot in my shin to this day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, my skin is really sensitive. So along with that, the band-aids were irritating my skin and it was just a lot, but I, I can't even imagine it turning into that because it can turn into amputating parts mm-hmm. of your body. What's funny is after, so they didn't tell um the coach what was exactly going on the trainer was just saying hey she can go she can't go I didn't practice the whole time we were um in the world series I don't even think I warmed up because that medicine was like draining and I was getting like skin patches um like discolored skin patches on my body because of the sun like staining my skin and I remember afterwards um coach Luke pulled me in her office like when we got back during our exit meetings and she was like I had no clue what was going on And I think she mentioned her neighbor or somebody she was friends with had just lost their leg from MRSA. Oh my God. And she was like, I could tell something was wrong with you. Like, I just thank God it wasn't that. And I was like, see, that's scary. So. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'm really glad that it was caught and I can't believe you still played while doing procedures, but you know, we're good now, five years later. Um, Exactly. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I probably would have opted out also (laughs) if that was my situation. Yeah. What an injury. Have you had any other injuries before? Um, I broke. So the last world series, so I never went to world series healthy. The first world series I went to my sophomore year, I had a fracture in my sesamoid and, um, I didn't get an MRI because I didn't want to be told I didn't, I couldn't play. So I played on it. They told me it was FHL tendonitis, which is a tendon that runs from under your big toe to behind your ankle bone uh, all the way through your arch. And so um, I would be in a boot and I think I sat out the Alabama series and that was it. So I would be in a boot and then um, for games I would play and I got to the world series and played on it obviously adrenaline running when I got home from Texas I went to the uh get an MRI and he was like yeah your sesmo bone is fractured so I ended up having to be non-weight bearing for a couple months and then I sat out the whole fall because I was recovering and I ended up being able to play um in the spring so that was my sophomore year but those are the two main injuries I had in college yeah those are pretty big ones how's your body feeling now Um, so I actually just finished rehab for my foot recently because, um, I had compensated for so long and some of my muscles in your foot. So if you know anything about feet, you have so many bones and different muscles and they're all super small. And just like anything, when you stop using your muscles, they shut down. And so that's what happened. Like I couldn't even move my toes. I got to that point and you know, the whole deal with once you're finished playing and how hard it is to get back into a routine of working out and, so I obviously wasn't working out, but um, I, I was in so much pain. And so I just actually finished physical therapy and my feet feel much better, but I still have, you know, some aches and pains here, here and there. But for the most part, I feel, I feel okay. I feel decent. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And that just says how long-term effects like 
you know, any injury that happens during sports takes because it's been five years since yeah. we graduated. Does that does that have anything to do with why you haven't gone back to play? Um, I would say a, a little bit. I remember, I think it was not that summer, but the following summer that I got drafted. So I think summer of 2019, uh, I was asked to come back and play. And I was recently thinking about starting back uh, playing again. And I think part of it is, okay, I don't know if my body can take it. And then part of it is, okay, um, are you going backwards in time um, and trying to revisit a door that's already closed? Or are you truly going back because you love and miss playing, you know? So for me, I don't know if it was um, so much injury as I would say ego, um, so to speak. Is it is it your ego trying to go back or is it, you know, because you truly want something or want something more in your softball playing career? But I don't know if I wouldn't I wouldn't say injury was a specific reason why I didn't go back. Yeah, it's a really big commitment to put everything on pause to play for a summer because it's only for two, three months. So got to have a, a job or some sort of situation lined up for the rest of the year, which is an entire commitment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Which leads to my next question. What made you decide to go back to school to become a professional counselor? So that's a, that's a question, a loaded question, I should say. Um, so when I finished in 2018, I actually got my master's in um, kinesiology with an emphasis in sports management. That was a year program. And I really only did that because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I got my master's there. Um, I moved back home. And when I moved back home, I just started doing lessons and camps. I had a job right out of um, college as an associate athletic director. Uh, so I would do as- essentially assisting the athletic director. And I was a head softball coach for a high school. And I hated that. It was it was absolutely miserable. And um, so after that, I kind of um, picked back up on lessons and tried to figure that out. And um, at some point, I kind of I felt like I wasn't fulfilling everything that I wanted to and my God given abilities. And so I kind of I went on like a detox, not to get too spiritual here, but (laughs) I went on like a spiritual cleanse where I paid attention to what I was eating, what I was feeling, what I was focusing on, where I was giving my energy to. And um, I kind of just took that time to really figure out what, um, where God wanted me to go in my life. And at that time, um, I go back, I actually posted a video on Instagram a couple weeks ago. And there was an interview I did in high school. I think I was a junior or a senior. And I talked about wanting to be a sports counselor. And that was always a dream of mine. But I feared going back to having to ha- go back to school and do education and actually, you know, go through three, four years and go through um, practicums and internships and all that stuff. Essentially, I felt like I was going backwards, but I prayed on it. And um, that's what essentially I felt called to do when I started the program. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's It felt like um, this is where exactly I should be. And so I'll be finishing up next summer, uh, 2024. So I'm super Yay, congrats. I know. Thank you so much. I absolutely love that, that you went through the whole spiritual journey of, you know, it, it's really important to understand like what, where am I putting my energy? What, what am mm-hmm. I doing every single day? 
because there's a huge change in my routine after after softball like mm-hmm. spend all your time doing that so what are you going to spend all those hours doing like what else are you going to do um and being a professional sports counselor I just feel like that would be so right up your alley or anyone who's listening that's like okay how can I be involved in sports and what am I what do I like to help out with what do, what do I spend my time doing mm-hmm. so I love that you um that you reflected on that and you were absolutely real with yourself Mm -hmm. and um it's just a really good process to go through with reflecting like that yeah and I understand the going back to school like first of all who's going to pay for that because for for sports we get Mm -hmm. our, our we usually get like at least most of our stuff paid for for playing but going back to school is scary because one, you feel like you just went through all the school. What am I doing going back to school again? Mm-hmm. Two, who's going to pay for it? Um, and just like you said, am I going backwards? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Um, you know, you spent your time, especially at a really big time school like Georgia, you know, you're, you're playing your sport, you dedicate your time to a sport and you might be more focused on that than your degree, which is kind of what happened to me is, um, you, you kind of just kind of forget that you need to focus on your degree. Exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't really know exactly where I was going with that, but uh, no, yeah, no, I, I understand your new, your new path. Yeah, no, I think, I think you made it, you brought up a good point. It's, it's extremely difficult when you leave college because you devote so much of your time and energy and effort, just like you said, to your degree for some people or for some people to your sport. And I was one of the people who devoted all my time to my sport. And I always had the end goal in mind, but I feel like once you get to become a senior student athlete, it's like, I just want to be over with this. I just want to be done with this. And my whole thought process was I wanted to recreate myself. I wanted to kind of close the door and put Courtney Emanuel, the softball player in a box and create this new identity. And I felt like for such a long time, I was running away for, from who God really created me to be because of what everybody else thought or what everybody else was doing or teammates who got these big time corporate jobs and were buying houses and all this other stuff. And I think that's, like you said, it's so hard to do and find your, your path when it's so much other stuff that's going on. Or, you know, for me, like even, even having the courage to go backwards, um, it kind of was a effort moment, so to speak. I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to try. And if the door opens, I'll follow. If it's closed, then I'll figure something else out. That's how, and that's kind of probably not the best way to live, but recently the last couple years I would say that's how I live if the door opens I follow if the door closes then I'll have God redirect my path and I'll follow yes I'm all for that and uh you know you did you were you were you know Courtney the the softball player I was Emily the softball player and Mm -hmm. how exciting is it to be able to recreate yourself into something completely different which is Mm -hmm. to me exciting like you can you can totally make yourself into something else. And um, I just love that you pretty much found out what it is. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, there's always more to learn and more to do. And it's every day is like, it's exciting to create, you know, 
a new reality. Mm-hmm. And um, now you're going to meet Courtney, the counselor. So excited to meet that person and go into that side of myself and see how many lives I can reach. Yes. I love that. My next question is what was one of your favorite moments while competing? That's, that's a difficult question. I remember, I remember looking at the questions that you sent me over and I was, I was looking at that question and I don't, I don't know if I had to have a specific moment. And the reason why I say that is because I, I loved playing softball, but this goes back to what I said originally about was it ego or, you know, am I trying to achieve more? Um, I, for me, my experience playing softball, the thing that I enjoyed most was the relationships and that community and sisterhood that you create when you're playing. And so for me, like when I think of softball and I think of special moments, I think of being in the locker room, dancing and singing and doing crazy stuff with your teammates or long, you know, um, bus rides after the bus ride, you get, you get off the plane or you get home late and y'all are delirious and laughing until you literally cry, you know, like those are the moments that I remember, but on the field moment, I guess, I don't know, maybe my sophomore year or sophomore or senior year when we went to the world series, um, my, one of my closest friends, my sophomore year hit the home run to go to the world series. So that was exciting. And then my senior year, I hit the home run to go to, to the world series. So that was exciting. But I think the, the greater moments and the more special moments, I guess for me were just the relationships in the locker room times. Yeah. That's what it's all about is the time that you spend with your sisters pretty much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Next question is, what was the transition out of playing competitive sports like for you? And what did you do in your newfound free time? Well, in my free time, I work. <laughs> I really <laughs> have free time right now. So my my schedule previously, before I started school, I was just doing lessons. I was doing camps. And then uh, my mom is actually a director, a children's director at a church here in Houston. And so I would volunteer and I was a large group leader for first through third grade. So I would, you know, read the Bible stories and talk to the kids and be animated and do all that stuff on stage. And so I still try to do that in my free time, but um, mainly right now I'm spending time with my family. I just um, had a niece born, my first niece, uh, my sister, the one who played with me at Georgia, she gave birth to beautiful baby girl, Callie. um, Last Thursday. I know. I'm so excited. Thank you. But so um, a lot of my time is spent with my family or at church or doing something sports related. Um, so what other, uh, what other things have you noticed like right away outside of uh, like, did you go right into working or what did you do that first like summer pretty much um, after graduating? I, that first summer, I think that summer I was applying for jobs and I got the job at a high school, a private high school. So that was my first job was associate um, athletic director Mm -hmm. and it was an office job. So everything I did, I was sitting in a computer, sitting on a computer behind a desk in like a closet sized office away from people. Um, It was, it was not a fun experience for me because I felt like anybody could do it. Um, yeah. It was oh, gosh. horrible. 
Um, I know that feeling. It's like, oh, like, <laughs> I went through all of this bachelor's degree just to do something that, you know, someone else can do, you know, that doesn't have a degree. I don't know. Exactly. I, maybe I'm just like, maybe I have a big head, but like, I totally felt that way. My, uh, one of my jobs right after graduating, I was like, I have a bachelor's degree and I'm doing this. Are you kidding? <laughs> but, exactly. See, the funny thing is too, I remember when I first got the job I was talking to my mom and my dad and my dad was like congratulations you know you deserve it blah 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 and I I went to my mom and my sisters laugh at me because my mom was like um you ain't gonna make it boo that was her response (laughs) and I was like what and she was like you that is not something you're gonna like and sure enough this is this is horrible for me to say but you know I'm happy to say that now like I ended up quitting within six months because I was so miserable. And I was like, there's no way, like I've never been miserable. I know what a winning culture feels like. I know what yes. a environment looks like. And oh this is God. not it. And I can't sit there and listen to an organization and people talking about people. I can't be a part of that. Uh, yeah, I totally understand that. My I had the office job, it was nine to five. And I just didn't understand why the culture was like, ah, if it gets done, then, you know, it might get done or just relying on me to get everything done. Everyone else doesn't care. People mm-hmm. leaving to go hook up with people on the clock. Oh my um, gosh. It's just like, I don't know. I, the standards were so low. I hated it. Mm-hmm. But that comes from being an athlete. And when yeah. you're around athletes who have the same standard of excellence and same expectations, you know, that, that becomes your norm. And when you're not around that, it's like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like that's, I was like, where are my fellow athletes at? Because I, people are like, oh, you have a very militaristic point of view on life. And I'm like, (laughs) I really just have like regular standards. I don't know. (laughs) Uh No, I agree. And I, I remember I was sitting there and I was like, there's no way I can do this. Like I cannot sit here (laughs) another day and waste my time, and waste my breath. I'm done. Yes, I'm, so done. I'm with you. <laughs> um, okay, so there's many different aspects to the transition out of of playing. There's, like, you know, making friends. You know, you spend more time with your family right now. You're a different kind of job. So what aspect of the transition out of sports was the hardest for you, and what advice can you give to athletes on what you learned from that? Mm, that's a good question. So... I think the hardest thing for me was discovering who I was outside of softball. Mm-hmm. Um, that took the longest and who I was outside of my family as well. So like for me, I grew up in a super close knit family. Like uh, there's five of us. We're all like two and a half, a year and a half to like two and a half, three years apart. And um, so for me, my friends were my siblings And so when I moved back home, everybody was in kind of different life stages. My grandma had ended up passing in 2019 when I got home, when I got back home. Um, And then my sisters, my two youngest sisters actually went through a completely scary, traumatic incident. Um, And then my other sister uh, got into a car accident and broke her jaw, um, has a herniated disc in her back, uh, teeth came out. It was, it was really bad. And so for me, um, going through a lot of that, um, I, I think about my college experience and how I was almost naive to what actually happens in the world. 
And when all that stuff happened, um, as I was finishing up my career and after my career was finished, I had to really um, find my foundation, I would say. I would say. And I had to look at who I was surrounding myself with, um, whose identity I was taking on, and um, was it my own or was it not my own? Really just trying to find like who I was outside of a manual sister or softball player or Courtney, you know, one of the Emmanuel kids, you know, all of us in, in Houston, we all played sports and that's what our foundation was. And so taking that spiritual cleanse and learning how to deal with fear um, and uh, being, being able to kind of advocate for myself instead of leaning on my family or leaning on other people or leaning on my softball experience. I think that was the hardest thing for me, um, which is why I now um, feel so strongly towards mental health because I went through some very lows, um, never dealt with anxiety, sports-induced anxiety, nothing like that, depression of any means. Um, But, you know, when you encounter death, it's a complete different gives you a complete different outlook on life. And um, going through that kind of changed my whole perspective on, like I said, my identity, my spiritual identity, who I was compared to who I used to be and all that. So that would, that's what I would say was the hardest part of transitioning. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an identity crisis going from athlete to retired athlete. Yes. Um, how long did it take you, would you say, uh, roughly from the last game until you put together, like you were sure of your identity really, or has that happened yet? I would say last August. Mm -hmm. Um, So about four years. um, I still have moments, like I said, um, deciding back in January or December it was, I can't remember. Am I going to go back after five years and try to play again? I think it's still some of that, like, it's a comfort. When you go back into the sport, it's a comfort. It's something you know well. It's something that you have experience in. And yeah. so I think it's an ongoing struggle that I have to deal with and kind of check myself to make sure that I'm comfortable with who I am today. And I don't try to be- go back to who I was five year- years ago. Right. Yeah. And you would have to go back as like a new a new Courtney, like mm-hmm. plus everything else. Exactly. Cause that's, yeah, that's what any athlete that would come out of retirement is to come back as a whole new athlete, as a whole new person. Exactly. So yeah. Um, everything was super awesome. Everything that you shared. Thank you for sharing your story. Is there anything else that you want to add? No, I would just say, um, I want to thank you, obviously, for having me on here. And um, hopefully I'll be able to share my platform with um, athletes within, you know, the next year, year and a half. Um, But yeah, I would love to stay in contact with you and everything that you're doing on your platform is super amazing. And I think athletes can really, if they really listen and um, try and take stuff from each podcast that you have, they'd probably learn a whole lot. Well, thank you so much. And I really loved listening to your story and everything that um, you've experienced. And and I really hope that listeners really take everything and learn from it and and take your advice. And you'll be listed on our Rose Medal as a um, a website as a 
resource as soon as you're a counselor or if you're even like interning or anything, just let me know. And yeah, I'd love to keep in touch with you and, and keep you as a rose medal athlete. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much.